The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. You are now in the Cornwall Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back, not only on YouTube, we're back for our 250th episode of the Cornwood Podcast. Folks, we've made it to 250 fucking recorded episodes. This show started in my room, in my childhood home, with a angry Pennsylvania named Mark and myself, drinking, getting slammed on beers, talking football in the NFL draft for six hours, picking games horribly, losing ourselves money. And being the first actual podcast to value of sports. Or the the only original podcast left, sorry. Now, um, four and a half years and nine seasons later, five different co-hosts, only two that I want to fucking still like get at. And the rest I love dearly. Speaking of which, one of those is this handsome devil right here in the lower uh lower part of the screen. You guys, anybody knows the corner booth knows this handsome Ohio fuck from every show I did from about t- beginning of 2021 to the start of 2022 he is a bucks he is a giants and browns fan this beautiful bastard also stands six foot fucking four and with a jawline much like a aj hawk and a hair you know he has good hair too i'll give him that and a forehead you can lay at a fucking 747 on ladies and gentlemen one of my favorite co-hosts jd davis thank you jared that's quite the introduction uh, it's great to be one. back. I got to say, congratulations on 250. And uh, I'm glad I got to be a little part of it, man. It's a heck of a show, and I'm I'm excited to be back. Talk some ball, baby. Poor Kevin's on salary, so he has to work way too many hours for not enough pay. And the only and Pat, I just Pat's Pat's enjoying his siesta retirement with his dog and his girlfriend at their nice apartment. So <laughs> I don't want to bother him. And the Pat other people, it. yeah, Matt, Matt, me and Mark, we like. We chat occasionally, but like I'm not, he's not, I don't like him back on the show. Like his style is really matched with my new style. And that other guy, I don't want to talk to him. <laughs> so to Kevin and to Mark and to you, Matt, and of course to uh to our newest member of the fucking shit show, Mr. S- um Mr. Grace, uh, Mr. Mason, and also his boy Grayson, who was a co-host for three weeks. Former, former uh uh, Northwestern linebacker Grayson, man. Um, but yeah, no, I uh, couldn't do it. Any of you fuckers, I love all you so much, and also shout out to Mike Blaine and the boys at Belly Up for uh, helping me survive this long. Um, I think I I'm finally... actually coming up on a year with the corner oh, booth. Holy fuck, that's right. Where did the time go? And everybody's probably wondering how I did it it's because I went to college with Jared, so I've had five years' experience with this kid before this. Yeah, he actually saw me at a worse point of my life mm-hmm. where I was just a complete asshole. And now I'm actually somewhat of a likable human being. And now Matt's like, oh, I actually like and enjoy this person's uh, surroundings and his personality. But I'll stop lying to myself that people actually like me. Um, Big show this week. We are talking the last. We made it to the final leg of our draft coverage. Matt and I will will start the show. We'll come pretty early to start the show with our top safeties and corners. We'll talk to Jalen Hurts signing. Allen Robinson's got a new team. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs with JD, who's Bucks. Uh, you know, uh, Giannis hey. and the Cavs, who are playing, of course, uh, the Knicks tonight. It'll be fine. Everything's fine. My Timberwolves got bum rushed by that Serbian jackass in the rest of the Nuggets. <laughs> um, oh, and John. Jo- uh, we have the stomp heard around the world from uh, Draymond Green. We'll talk about Draymond Green and the Kings. Light the beam and much more. So we'll get it started quick. We're not really to talk much baseball. Uh, Matt, you want to talk about Pablo Lopez quick, sign with the Twins, who, once again, why I love baseball this year is all the teams who are in first place make no fucking sense. It is anarchy in baseball, and I am here for it. One, my Diamondbacks are in first, the only team in the NLS with a winning record. Suck it, Dodgers. And, um, yeah, no, I think the Pirates have a better record than the Cardinals. I think uh, JD's Guardians are doing well. 
Um, yeah, they're winning the, their division right now. I yeah, mean, they're winning the division. The they Twins. lost two games today, though. Oh, wait, they lost both? Oh, God. Thank God yeah, I bet on them only once. <laughs> yeah, I bet on them uh, once as well. But yeah, <laughs> I was bored at work. <laughs> this is why it's improved. Since you retired from podcasting, you have now got sports betting in Ohio. Thank fucking God. I now, do, oh, dude. Yeah, game right? changing. And Jared, I do have to shout out after the first round of the NCAA tournament, I put a future on the Texas Longhorns and the Yukon Huskies. And I know you're a hey. North Carolina basketball fan, but you know, Yukon, that's your neck of the woods. So yes, I won sir. my first uh, future and that was, that was uh, exhilarating stuff right there. So shout out Yukon. Connecticut laws. We can't bet on Yukon because we live in Connecticut. Really? Yeah, I've heard about that. Ohio does not do that. I don't it's think. It's only I know, like, Connecticut I think does and um, Connecticut. There's one other state who does it, and it's the state. We Illinois can. used to do it. I don't know if they still do. I, I know. I think Illinois still has that ban on like Illini games. But so but I, don't, I don't think we can bet on those games, games, right? No matter where they are, doesn't matter as long as we're located in this state for our geotag. We are not allowed to bet. If I walk over the border in New York, I'm good, but. I'm 40 minutes. I'm 35 minutes from the border where I work. I'm 20, but still, it's a pain in the dick. But boy, I parlayed tonight before we get into all the fun stuff. I have the rate. I have the Reds money line because fuck it. That's why. Um, I have the Baltimore Orioles again in the Beltway battle. I got my Diamondbacks because no fucking shit. Um, Braves because no Padres because that money line is so, with uh, Blake Snell on the mound. Come on. Um, and I have the Knicks against the Cavs because. They gotta win tonight, man. <laughs> they gotta win tonight, man. Because they go back to Cle- they go nope. back to Cleveland. Oh no, they go back to New York. Get the sweep. It is Cleveland. Yeah. I thought you were a Bucks fan. What the fuck's wrong with you? I am a I am a Bucks fan. No, I am a Bucks fan. That is definitely my my top. I, I like all Cleveland sports. Um, yeah. So I definitely am rooting for the Cavs this round. I liked when they mm-hmm. won in twenty sixteen. I was I was into that, but. Um, yeah. No, I'm a Bucks fan first, and and if I hope the Cavs win, but I will not think twice about the Bucks annihilating them in the next round. Fair enough. But I am a uh, Cleveland sports fan. What is Giannis's status right now? Is he going to be okay? Like, what's going on here? Yeah, I think it was I mean, a contusion. He fell on his uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, like butt bone. What am I trying to say? It's toxic. That's literally what it's called. No, what's like the uh, tailbone? Like his tailbone. So whatever it was, a it's like a bruised tailbone. Um, That's the medical term for it. Either way, they, they, I think they were super, super, uh, like taking him out was being super precautionary uh, for the rest of the series. I I get it, Um, but I do want to make quick work of them to let Giannis rest. I think they will with Giannis. I and plus the Heat shot over fifty percent from three, best shooting percentage this year from three. The Bucks shot like. 25%. 25%. So I think we're going to be all right with or without Giannis. I do think we win the series, but I think he's going to be back from what I've seen. I don't think nice. they've made a decision, but from what I've seen. You know, it's it's funny to me because the NBA first, this is the most fun NBA first round I've ever seen. I know we're supposed to talk baseball, but I'm loving the fact that not only do I get like, my team's in the playoffs, which is great, but it's a team in the Nuggets who we've split the season series with, well, until now. Um, you've got a beat-up Grizzlies team taking on the only person who would make me root for the Grizzlies, DJ, JD's boy, LeBron James, I'm being dyslexic today. Um, then out east, you have Jimmy Butler versus Giannis, the classic rematch of the first time they met when, I think, was that the year Giannis made the, was that the bubble year when, when they played each other? No, that was the... the- that was the, Bucks the bubble year. year they lost to the Heat. The, the bubble year they lost to the Heat, uh, and then they destroyed them the next year. But the bubble yeah. year, Giannis, it was, was the following year. I remember it was twenty twenty one. Yeah, he was. Giannis was out like two or three games of the series. So, I think there's an asterisk on that one personally. But hey, listen, nobody counts a Mickey Mouse here. It doesn't count in baseball or basketball. That's right. I'm cool with that. Because if my now Ohio State was in the Natty that year, if they won in 2020, I would definitely would have counted. But since it's Bama and the Lakers and the Dodgers, yeah, yeah, Mickey Mouse year. What Screw is that. it with the water in that fucking state of yours, man? <laughs> uh, you Ohio bastards, it's all the same. It's all good though. Listen, I 
I've evaluated more Buckeyes highly than I ever have because of knowing you, because I look at them a little differently now. Like my love of CJ Stroud came from you yelling at me and Kevin for 20 minutes about how he's a better quarterback than Bryce Young. And by the end of his career, I, don't I, know if I was you. that adamant about it, but I, I do think he is, he is better overall quarterback throwing the ball. He's well, one of the more accurate guys I've ever seen, but I mean, Bryce Young definitely has that it factor. Like I'm third in like six, like, I got to get the first down. Like I, I get the Bryce Young arguments. I am not a Bryce Young hater at all. I like Bryce um, Young, but I think it's ridiculous if you think anybody else is in the same league Jamie, as those two. If you're he's a Will smaller, than, he's smaller than me and Matt. He's like, so he's, small. He's, he's so small. And that's been my big thing on him. And I'm sure you guys have covered this, but just for my two cents, mm-hmm. everyone's like, well, like, you know, we've broken the mold. We got Russell Westbrook or Russell, Westbrook, Russell Wilson and, uh, Kyler Murray and, and, you know, obviously Drew Brees was small. And it's like, all right, well, like, that's such a small percentage. And for every mm-hmm. one of those, there is, like, the Johnny Manziel. And I'm, he's not that. Don't get me wrong. But, like, size does play a factor in health, like, long term. Like, I, I just think there's – I'll take the bigger, stronger, sit in the pocket, got the rifle guy yeah. personally. But mm-hmm. I don't hate Bryce Young. I think he could be really good. My My biggest problem with Bryce Young was never anything he does on the field. It's the fact that one is size, two his his style of play, he, where he played at, almost allowed him to get away with murder. JD, you know how I, I brag about how much I watch tape, right? Well, the most right. tape I've watched this year besides edge rushers was quarterbacks. Also, Bijan Robinson because that dude ran behind one of the worst offensive lines in no. big of history. Dude, that boy is going to run for 2,000 yards. It doesn't matter where he if, – if he goes to anywhere in the top 10 offensive lines, like, I don't know, Phil uh, – listen, I'm talking about him going to Philly. He's going to run for two, two 25K in Philadelphia. Oh, my God. He gets behind Jason Kelsey and them boys. He might never stop running. Um, He's the only one I've watched like three or four hours on tape by itself. But C.J. Stroud, I love watching him throw because it's just so clean. It, I called him Black Aaron Rodgers because that's what he is to me. He is literally the similar height and build, similar play style. The release is the same. It's quick. It's accurate. He's got a fucking cannon. But he's not like, oh, it's Anthony Richardson is off the fucking scoreboard. To me, that just says he's not accurate. I don't give a fuck about that shit. Anthony Richardson, high jump. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah, Vince Young also is a freak athlete. He was a backup within, by the end of his second contract. What was it, the high jump or whatever? He was the highest quarterback ever, and then they listed, like, the top five, and, like, all of them were pretty they were like, ro- they were like and, and, like, Robert Griffin the third. Like, none of them were long-term quarterbacks. Um, obviously, we'll talk about this. I love we've, like, ADHD'd our one way around three different sports today. I'm loving this. I just want to finish this conversation because I just, the, the Bryce, I guess we're talking, back in the old days, baby. Oh my God. ADHD is going hard and fast. Matt, I want to hear your opinion. Cause I know you ranked CJ like I did above Bryce. My biggest issue with CJ was that they just, it just, they were beating teams so fucking bad. He had one bad game against a, a Michigan, but that, that team had like five NFL defenders. They didn't even play bad in that. Game. It wasn't the like, play calling. He the play threw for like three hundred and fifty. He threw for like three hundred fifty yards and four touchdowns. Like the the last two Michigan games, which bums me out for CJ that he doesn't really have anything to show for his career. Like he really didn't win anything but a Rose Bowl. He didn't win a Big Ten championship. He didn't win against Michigan. Those two Michigan games. Like people get mad at CJ Stroud. I'm like, did you watch the game? The defense. No, it's the fucking run defense. Games. The defense was atrocious. C.J. Stroud threw for over 400 yards two years ago and over 350 yards this year and, like, a combined seven touchdowns against Michigan and one pick in, like, two years. Like, he didn't play bad. He was down 14 the entire game. So, I always – I do feel bad for him that, that you know, hopefully his legacy is the NFL, and I, I'd love My that. biggest issue with C.J. Stroud was, like, it was that game, and the, you even said yourself it wasn't even that terrible. So, Matt, I know I just went all run-on question. I'm, I'm watching too much McAfee. I started doing this shit now. What is your opinion before like I like how we kind of invented this topic of CJ versus Bryce because it's it's going like the Panthers are going to take Bryce first overall. Dude canceled all of his interviews already. Besides like I think he took 3. I think he took Carolina, uh Houston and then like Oakland or some shit or Las Vegas. 
I still think CJ Stroud's a better quarterback. But what do you what do you, this whole situation, Bryce Young, no interviews, CJ Stroud falling in the draft, apparently. What's going on? What are you thinking? Yeah, I I I, I still like CJ. Oh, I like both of them a lot. I think both of them have the the skills, the capabilities, the traits and everything you want for your quarterback to go within the first three to four picks of the draft. I just, I just think CJ is just a better quarterback. I mean, like, I think he's played better against his rivals. I, 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 I didn't see anything really bad with his play. Um, I think he's the most NFL ready quarterback. He's the bigger quarterback. That's obviously always a plus. Like you said, Bryce Young is a small guy. Um, and I think a lot of people are going to be worried about what happens when you have a massive human being, like one of the Bosa brothers, that's just going to come around the side and just swipe you from back or, you know, Khalil Mack just comes running down. Like, are you going to be able to take those hits? Um, so a lot of things kind of factor into those, like, ah, oh, he's mobile and he could run around, but I just think CJ is just the better guy. He's the bigger guy, stronger. Um, I like his play better. I think he's going to go. I think he should go one to the Panthers. Panthers seem like they've got their eyes set on Bryce Young. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where he's, if he doesn't go one, you automatically think three. Um, all these reports about, you know, them looking at Will Anderson or whoever, it could be smoke, could not be smoke. Um, I think he'd be great in Indianapolis as well. Um, but I, I just have size concerns with Bryce. I mean, I know they said he's bulked up a little bit and this and that. I just, you know, he's playing behind a weak offensive line. Like the Panthers didn't really have that great of protection. I, I just fear that he's going to take a lot of hits and I just don't know if he's going to be able to just handle them. Um, so I, I like CJ Stroud over him for those reasons. Um, it really like, I, I think they're both fantastic quarterbacks. It just comes down to the basic traits of just size and capability and strength. But, um, that's why I'm going CJ for my number one. Nice. And Jared, too, one more thought on it. And I, I don't know, you don't want to spend too much because I'm sure you guys have done it a lot. Um, yeah. it, it's weird to me. I think the the media obsession too, with like kind of the Bryce Young um, thing. And I get it is he makes big-time plays in big-time moments, like 100%. Like, he let him down that Auburn game two years ago. Uh, he broke that tackle against mm -hmm. Texas to get that big first down that won the game. Like, I see all that, but in both of those games, like, if you watch the full tape, like, he was not good in those games. He made the big moment plays, like 100%. And I think that's kind of what people are seeing, and that's kind of the thing that is drawing people to him, is he, he has made big-time moment, big-time plays. Meanwhile, I'll like show you the Penn State and Wisconsin tape of this last year. Start to finish, C.J. Stroud is like some of the best individual quarterback play I've seen. And all anyone wants to talk about is he wasn't really that good until Georgia. And it's like, well, that's actually not true. Just because he had the game for his life against Georgia doesn't mean he was like bad all year. So I think that's kind of the, the thing that is pushing Bryce forward. But like that Auburn game last year or two years ago, he was atrocious until that final drive. So – is what it is. I love it. I love it. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to talk NFL draft shit. We got one more week of this. We'll finish. We'll do our mock draft episode next week with, uh, of course, Cruz Oxenrider said, come back and judge me, judge me, Matt and Mason's bottom 16. Actually, no, we're just going to do the full thing. We're going to post them and we're going to go through our highlights because honestly, with the Buddha Baker announcing he wants to trade, I think the Philadelphia Eagles might lose a, a draft pick on, on day one. Because this screams Howie. This is this says Howie Roseman to me. I think this is how I think the Eagles draft is gonna go. Eagles will trade back out of 10. They will probably find some way to trade back to like 15, 14, whatever. They will draft Bijan Robinson. This is the ultimate chess move, playing checkers shit that Howie loves doing. They let Miles walk. They said, hey, I want a running back who could block, catch, run, and is not going to fucking forget how to run through a hole during the Super Bowl. Shout out Miles Sanders for sucking in Super Bowl 57. Also, he'll be paired with Kenny Gainwell, Rashad Penny, and Boston Scott. Makes way too much fucking sense for Howie. Then he will trade... That eight, he will trade the thirty-first pick, the thirtieth pick, to the Cardinals, with maybe a fourth or a fifth or something for Buda Baker. Because the thing is, safeties don't usually go for more than maybe a first and a late round pick. 
that is my new summary of this. I think that Buda Baker may be an eagle by the end of draft night, which if this happens will make me like lose my fucking marbles. But by the way, check me out. I will be on Dan Mater's draft show for the third straight year. I will not be wearing this fucking cowboy hat. This is only because it's a special. This is my special occasion hat. Um, you know, it'd be crazy if uh, the Cardinals only get, you know, a first and like a fifth for Buda Baker, considering that Jamal Adams went for a two first and a third and a player. That was the dumbest trade in NFL history, and the C- and the Jets knew it. Oh yeah, that oh that you know Joe Douglas learned it best from uh, Howie and uh, Howie Roseman and uh, Ozzy Newsom. So, you, you know the, the you know the uh, Howie's releasing his first autobiography. It's called How to Fleece Teams and Get Away with It and Make <laughs> Friends, <laughs> featuring Joe Douglas and uh, Ozzy Newsom. Yeah, he wrote the he wrote Long the forward. <laughs> yeah, Howie Howie Roseman's interview, by the way, on uh, Jason Kelsey and Travis Kelsey's podcast is fucking hilarious. Because, yeah, Howie's voice takes a little time to get used to because he's a little bit, like, a little screechy. But this dude is, like, a fucking rocket scientist when it comes to being a GM. And if I'm the if I'm the new Cardinals GM, whose name I can't even remember right now, but if I'm John Gannon, I'm warning. <laughs> he's like, listen, if Howie calls, you do not answer. Because you'll end the draft night on the NF- on Center with, say, you got fleeced for a draft pick. The Cardinals will draft Brian Branch with the Eagles pick or they'll trade up to get branch or whatever. And then, Oh God, game's over. But anyway, um, we're talking safeties. So let's be honest, Matt, there's really only one safety. So we're going to do this a little differently. It's Brian fucking branch. I'm playing the fucking rock music for this because you know what? These guys are rocking our worlds. At least on hit wise. Brian Branch is the best. Looks complete safety. Does everything right. He was the field general of that Alabama defense. Now, do I wish it's 40 times a little faster? Oh, yeah, obviously. But when it all comes down to it, he's one of the best two two high safeties in the league. Um, he kind of likes playing around the box. I guess his pro comp is like a a thumper version of Malcolm Jenkins meets a little bit of CJ Garner Johnson, like Minka Fitzpatrick. I was thinking, mm, not as much center field, more like play in the box, like kind of a hybrid nickel monster back kind of. Okay, I can see where you're saying with the. Mix of the Malcolm Jenkins and the CJ. Mm-hmm. And my two is uh, Antonio Johnson. He's the only other projected um, first rounder. Long, lanky safety out of Texas A&M. Really shifty for 6'3", which is what I really like about him. I worry about his physicality at only a buck ninety-five, but... He's... he's he, you know what? He's like a lesser version, but a bigger version of Brian Branch. And the last one, I, I'm going to go off book here. <clears throat> I'm going to go with my dude out of Boise State, J.L. Skinner. I love big physical safeties, okay? He's 6'4", 220. And everyone's like, dude, where's Jamie Robinson? I watched the Miami secondary, the Miami offense, who couldn't do shit against Florida State in that game. They beat Jamie Robinson twice. It was bad throws by our backup, Ja'Curry Brown, who was literally not 17 years old during that game. Um, I love J.L. Skinner because of his size, pass breaks up his length. They said box safety dimebacker. I like him for a team like Baltimore or a team like Pittsburgh who has a center field safety already and can have this to just play up in the box and just lay wood. Those are my three safeties. I mean, obviously, Brian Branch is number one. Um, The other two are just kind of shots in the dark, (laughs) pretty much. But, I mean, Branch is six feet, 190, 45, 840, like you mentioned before. You know, wish it'd be a little faster, but it's not terrible for a safety. 
Uh, he's plug and play ready to go safety with a high performing ceiling to be a day one safety starter. He's got the range and the instincts to be a single high or a split safety, quick feet and possesses the traits to stick with receivers and top tight ends. Um, we talked about the comp, um, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, CJ Gardner Johnson. I was looking at Minka a little bit with just the coverage wise, but you can kind of go with anything as long as you just don't look at what uh, Lance Erline is pretty much putting up for a lot of these things. Some of them were a little interesting. Some of them made sense. Some of them don't really make sense. Um, this next one was uh, Jair Brown. I think I said his name right from Penn State. Uh, 5'11, 203, 465, 40. Not, again, not a fast 40. Uh, it's kind of the trend of a lot of these safeties. There's a lot of four or fives. Um, there's a versatile defensive back. It doesn't possess eye opening speed or explosiveness, but has the ability to cover the slot and be a cover one safety. Uh, solid run stuffer and coverage instincts and plays with discipline is not is a versatile safety. Um, I saw somebody put down like Ryan Clark and just like reading his traits and everything. I could I could see it a little bit, but just the speed's not there for that. But Jamie Robinson, I did put down for number three, like you were mentioning before, four five nine forty. Uh, 5'11", 191. Uh, they compared him to Demarius Randall in a couple in a couple websites, um, but he's a short arm defender with good um, toughness and versatility, and he could plug in as a nickelback or a safety. Um, plays with urgency every snap. Uh, solid route reader and can match opponents' footwork and movement. Oh, yeah. um, those are, those are three that I have. Like you said, none of them are really eye opening safeties outside of Brian Branch. So, you know, it's it's tough when you go by that. It's really just kind of shots in the dark. Who do you think of diamonds in a rough once you get past that one? I do like that guy. Uh, I can't remember his name um, out of Georgia. Oh, Christopher Smith. Yeah. It's the whitest name like ever. Him, um, Yeah, Chris Smith. Um, I, I, I like him too. Um, not going to put him in my like top three or four or anything like that, but could be a, a day two, day three kind of guy. There you go. All right, we're moving to corners now. Number five, I, I got Ronnie Hickman snubbed. Guys, come on. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was uh, like, you're Ohio. You're you're um, <laughs> just messing and, and, and my, my only other comment is I didn't know who you're talking about with Jair Brown because I only know him as Marvin Harrison's little bitch. Continue. <laughs> I do well, love listen. me some Marvin Harrison Jr., man. He had like 185 yards and two touchdowns when he was starting. He, I'm he, a, he made him look – he's the reason he's not like a top three-round three draft pick, I probably I mean, he got cooked. But continue. It's good stuff. Also, can I ask you one thing about um, who's the top guy you said? The Alabama guy? Brian Branch. Brian. Where should we expect him in the first round? I, I genuinely have no idea about a lot of that. I think if Jalen Carter's not on the board and the Eagles can't work out a deal with Arizona, you could see them taking him at 10. But That early, though? Like a top 10 pick, you think? His ball skills, he does everything right. But as well knowing how he Roseman... He'll say, fuck it, I don't like the kids 40 time, and he does something else. He'll go top yeah. 15, though. He'll go top I, 15. Top 15. I as okay. well had, That's um, what I was wondering. I as well had him going 10 to Philly if they don't trade back. I could see I, I could see the Patriots at 14 with Devin McCourty retiring. Um, I've heard about the Jets, too. I don't I don't see the Jets taking but a safety I, at 13. I see New England taking a receiver, man. They, I think Bell knows he can't fuck this up. Yeah, but at the same time, I think there's been a lot of drafts where we thought the Patriots were supposed to be taking this specific player position, and they just either trade back or just take some random guy that's an offensive tackle we haven't heard of. Cole Strange, six overall. <laughs> All right, corners. Now, cornerback's a weird position because the number one cornerback coming into the draft was Keely Rango. This dude has apparently become a day three draft pick. Which I, I don't understand it because I love Ringo's ball game. I do. Number one, number five. Give me a tie between Deontay Banks out of Maryland and Tariq Stevenson out of Miami. Two different styles of corners. I love Stevenson because Stevenson was a Georgia boy who transferred to Miami. Poor bastard missed out on two national titles. Um. <laughs> Physical. He was the leader of that Kansas defense with along with uh James James Williams. Good lanky arms, good route running, good man coverage guy. 
he was always reliable as a cornerback. And he, the 4 4 7 40, <clears throat> I think he's a good, solid number two guy to draft day one. I have him going in the top 10 as well. I think a lot of quarters come off the board. Whereas Deontay Banks, dude was a day two, day three corner and then blew up the combine. <clears throat> His footwork is okay. His, it's just like he's a project corner, kind of like Zach, uh, Zach McPherson from Philadelphia, who ended up being like a special teams ace. But I don't know. Number four, Joey Porter Jr. I have him going to the Steelers, which would be amazing. Because, like, playing where his poppy played, be great. My first mock draft, I have him go to the Lions, but I think the Lions will, will take, like, a Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State, who's my number three corner off the board. Who also, by the way, Emmanuel Forbes holds the NCAA record for most pick sixes career-wise. Awesome, right? He has six. He's my number three. Um, um, elite ball skills. Joey Porter Jr., other Marvin Harrison Jr.'s other bit. Exactly. That's the reason I have Emmanuel Forbes Just torch them. Just torch them. I watched Emmanuel Forbes lock up. No, uh, Porter. Porter. No, I know, I know, I know. Emmanuel Forbes had him above Porter. Because as a Miami fan, I watched him lock up our best receivers, a five-star recruit or four and a half, whatever the fuck it is. I I watched him lock him up for three quarters. He didn't get a catch in the fourth quarter. I was like... This dude is Marcus Peters 2.0. I love the pro comp. I saw this on multiple websites, and I looked at it. Very similar style. Doesn't like to get physical, but he is a nightmare to freaking beat. Um, And then uh, number two, come on. You're playing coin flip here. Either one, you're going to win. I prefer the physicality. So I'm going to take Christian Gonzalez in two. Christian Gonzalez is an amazing cornerback. His pro comp to me is Darius Slay. Super athletic, amazing route running, route following ability, good hands, good ball skills. I can't stress about the uber athleticism. My one problem is, is the little bit of physicality difference. And this is the one reason I have the other guy ahead of him. Um, Side, speed, length, everything is right there. I just want to see it against more physical competition. That's why he's Darius Slay to me. Darius Slay sometimes had a little issue with tackling, but was a physical freak cornerback until even now at 32 years old. Devin Witherspoon is my number one cornerback off the board. I love Devin. I've loved him since our first mock draft. Matt, you know this. I like cornerbacks who can lay the lumber. Marlon Humphrey, Asante Samuel, um, Ronnie Lamb's getting on up. Night Train Lane. Like, there's not a lot of cornerbacks who can lay a stick. Devin Witherspoon. I watch this dude take a dude's helmet off. Okay, this dude ain't built. He's built different. Oh, I like. I get a little amplified talking about Devin Witherspoon because I would love for my team to draft him. I thought originally we did our first mock draft. We were gonna let. Darius Slayer, Bradbury, Walk, and we're going to draft a corner. So, like, all right, let's go draft Witherspoon at 10. I don't think he's getting past the Raiders at 7, man. Like, I love Witherspoon's game. Great ball skills, elite ability to lay a tackle, make a stop. If the Baltimore Ravens and the Pitts, the NFC North was a player, it's Devin Witherspoon. He needs to play in the NFC North. He is the perfect cornerback for that division. But he won't. He'll get drafted by uh, Las Vegas at 7. So, I love his ball skills. I love his ability to cover. His pass breakups, 3 picks, 14 pass breakups total, by the way. And just fucking mean at the point of attack. I like like mean corners, okay? Even, I I had a soft spot for Cortland Finnegan until my boy Andre Johnson beat his ass. But, Matt... Who are your top five? Uh, number five, I'm sticking in a similar realm that you were doing. I, I was looking at Deontay Banks out of Maryland. Uh, six feet, 197, had a very good 4'3", Um He's got a good blend of size, speed, strength, and athleticism. Uh, quick feet to effectively move across the field. Uh, struggles with awareness when he's tracking his opponent with his back to the football. Needs to improve route anticipation, but possesses great scheme versatility. 
Um, I had somebody, I read somewhere that they, somebody was comparing him to like a Byron Murphy for a corner. Um, no. no, I didn't really agree with that one. I just, Byron I Murphy just, can't run. Yeah. They just, they just pull these names out of a hat. Um, Keely Ringo, I had a four. It was another guy, like you were saying, it was uh, for the longest time. He was supposed to be considered to be like the number one corner in the draft. And they slipped from being in the for round one talks. to Now he's looking at being like a D2 draft pick. Uh, but he's 6'2", 207, 43640. Um, he's got an impressive blend of size and speed and athleticism. He's a physical corner in coverage and in run support. Uh, just needs to be a little more consistent in coverage for that one. But I, I like him a lot. I think he's going to be a solid steal. If he goes uh, day two, it's round two or three pick. Um, Joey Porter Jr. is my number three. Um, I as well would love to see him at Pittsburgh, just like carrying his father's legacy and just playing where um, Joey Porter Sr. played, but he's 6'2 and a half, 193, 44640. Uh, he's ascending corner with above average play and a familiar name in the NFL, but he has um, he's got a slow change of direction and coverage. Could cause him to have little issues at first, maybe, but he's a solid tackle finisher after um, yeah. after the catch and has a cornerback uh, one potential. Um, I think he'll pair well for a team right now if he's a cornerback two um, instead of having to take on the complete number ones every single time. Mm-hmm. Um Somebody put down a comparison of like an Eli Apple. I was like, I can see it in the sense of him being a project to be at a quarterback oh, one, God. but I, I don't see the Eli Apple comparison. I think he's gonna have a much better career than Eli had. Um, number two, I've like you said, you can really go with whoever you want. Uh, I like, I got Christian Gonzalez at two. I do. It's kind of weird. I I do think he's gonna go to Detroit. I do de- think Devin Witherspoon's the number one corner, but I think. Christian's going to go off the board first at Detroit, but he's 6'1", 197, 43840. He's a fast corner with good size, nice blend of size, speed, and explosiveness. Arguably the best and most ready corner in um, the NFL, possesses all the athletic traits needed to be a day one starter, mirrors his opponent's movements, and will be an easy plug in cover uh, wide receiver one. Um, and then Devin Witherspoon is my personal choice on number one. Uh, like you said, he's an aggressive corner. He sticks hip to hip with his receivers. He loves attacking the run as well. He's a tremendous tackling corner and coverage, and he mirrors his opponent's movements and loves playing in the game physically. Uh, six feet, 181. Um, and uh, what do you think of like a Jairi Alexander kind of? Maybe a little, not as not physical, physical coverage-wise, no. coverage but physicality. See, his pro cop is Sheldon Brown to me. Uh, yeah, like we'll take your fucking dome off. <laughs> yeah, Devin Witherspoon is Sheldon Brown with a better forty time. JD, weigh in. What are your thoughts on our corners? Um, so obviously I'm I'm not the draft guy. I don't watch a ton of film. Obviously, I know Witherspoon and Porter, Big Ten guys. Um, my only thing would be. I Witherspoon looked great. He did play in the West. All of the good receivers were in the East. I really would have liked to see him go up. Uh, but I will say he held his own. Michigan's had some really good receivers. Uh, their defense shut them down. They almost beat them the week before they played us. Uh, so he looked great in that game. Um, and Porter, I just think, probably went better against uh, – had better competition he went up against. A um, couple bad games from him, but I think he's going to be a good pro too. I joke around about Marvin did own him, but – he owned everybody <laughs> but um but he's a good corner so those are the guys i recognize obviously just because i'm a big 10 guy but i don't hate the list i think witherspoon and porter i thought would both be high so i nice. wasn't shocking to hear that all righty well that is our wrap up tide of our draft coverage <clears throat> obviously next thursday's nfl draft so we'll do a mock draft our final one on monday JD, thank you for being our moderator and judge on this one. Let's talk some NFL news. On that last one, Jalen Hurts is going to be a Philadelphia Eagle for a very long time. Very long time. Five years, hundred and seventy-eight million guaranteed. Hundred seventy-nine point three zero four million. Oh, blow me. My man got the money. And the best part is his cap hit this year is less than five and a half million dollars. How are you goddamn cap wizard? You know what's funny was that like 
15 minutes for that news break that Pablo Lopez extension came out. And then Jalen Hurts is like, nah, I can't have this guy steal the day. Here's my five-year, $255 million contract compared to your four-year, $76 million. He, uh, listen, he he emerged right off the scene. I was always a big Jalen Hurts fan, especially when he went to Oklahoma. Um, obviously, I, I hope my team takes every quarterback in the draft because it just never works out. So, um, But he, listen, he, he did well his first year with Philly. He stepped in the next year as a starter and just kind of ran away. They brought him to the playoffs when they really weren't expected to win more than six or seven games. He won them nine, went to the playoffs. Then year three, he brings them to the Super Bowl. I mean, this kid continues to just elevate his game higher and higher each year, and he gets better. Um, I like the idea of locking him up early. Like I said, he's shown you so much promise that it's the sky's the limit for this kid right now, I think. So locking him up early is great. He still has, like, what, maybe, like, another year or so of control until that contract kicks in. Um, so I think this is great for Philly. I think it's great for the organization. They get ahead of it now so they can pay more guys down the road that are going to be up for a deal. Um, but I, I love this for that, that for him and for Jalen and for his agent, everybody. Why I love this is because the way the cap elevates, every year it goes up by 10, 12, 11 million, whatever. So every year it goes by, Pat Mahomes' contract, which you thought was astronomical, becomes league average. But like whatever, how they work their way in bonuses to make it worth their while. The same thing with Jalen. Five plus million this year, 10 the next, then it's 20, then it's 30. But it works gradually because every year the cap goes up nine to $12 million. So with level of involvement, that cap number stays percentage wise about the same. Why Howie Roseman is the greatest GM in the NFL right now. But I love this because, one, you can't hate Jalen Hurts. He's just a likable dude. Two, he's my favorite player, so I'm a little biased. Three, he's the second-best quarterback in football right now. You can split hairs with Josh Allen and Joe Burr, but number one is, uh, of course, is uh, uh, Patrick Holmes. But um, I don't know. He's, he's easily the best quarterback in the NFC. So, As someone who was a known hater of Hurts, uh, one of my – I was beyond wrong. That's very clear. Um, well, I, was, uh, yeah, I was That's not a believer thing. in Hurts. I was not a believer in Hurts at all. Um, but what I respect about Hurts, obviously I don't like him because I don't like the Eagles. If he was on a team I didn't care about, I'd probably like him a lot. Um, I respect – that the dude got benched in a national championship and is now like the highest paid quarterback in football. Like, I think that is so cool. Um, and it kind of goes to show, like you can get better in the NFL. Like I think mm-hmm. you, people come in and they feel like, Oh, they got to flash so early and, and he flashed, but he didn't show me a ton in his rookie year. Not enough for me to think this is where he'd be. So he clearly worked. He clearly got better. You have to respect that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's going to be around for a while. He's going to be good for a while. I I, I got to respect Jalen Hurts, even if I don't like uh, him. And more accurately, probably just don't like his team. It sounds like a line from, like, Anchorman. Like, God damn it, I hate you, Rob Burgundy. God damn it, I respect you. Yep. Nope, I do. It is. I, I, I don't like him, but I respect him. And honestly, like, I don't hate him. I, I've hated team. There's been players on teams or quarterbacks on teams that the team I hate that I actually hate because they fit every stereotype I have of that team and whatever. He's not that. He, I, I do respect Jalen. So good for him. Drinks on Jalen. He can afford it. There you go. <clears throat> I think Jalen is well-deserved his contract. It made me very happy as an Eagles fan and also football fan. Jalen's just and he like... played really good in the Super Bowl, too. Oh, you, hell like, yeah. I, you got to respect how good he played in the Super Bowl. Um... Allen Robinson's on the move. He's officially going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Matthew, what do you think? I actually like this for Allen Robinson. This is going to sound really stupid, but it's the first thing I thought of, and I was like, oh, I wonder if this is going to work out for him. His best years of his career were 2015, 2016, 2019, and 2020. All those things have in common is that his quarterbacks were Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky, just the absolute mid of mid. You're going to give him Kenny Pickett. This guy's going to have fucking 1,400 yards again. Matt Stafford was just too good. He did not mesh well with him. This man had 80 catches for 1,400 yards and 14 touchdowns in 2015. 
73 receptions for 883 yards and six touchdowns in 16. And then in 19 and 20, he had 98 receptions for 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns, and 102 receptions for 1,250 and six. I'm convinced this guy only has great years when he has quarterbacks that are absolute dog shit. So give me Kenny Pick and Allen Robinson. Give me Allen Robinson for the Pro Bowl. Lock it in as a future. Don't really do that. Lock in his, but, lock <laughs> in his yards over under. Yeah. But no, and it, it all, yeah, no, that was just a fun little gag to throw together because it is kind of funny to think like all of his best careers were with quarterbacks that just weren't good. But um, I, I like this move for him. I, I, he did not, he just didn't seem like he clicked in Sean McVay's system. Um, just wasn't used. Um, he's going to go to Pittsburgh. He's going to have Deontay Johnson. He's going to have George Pickett. Um, he can run in as like running through the slot, line up as a two, let Pickens run in through the slot. Um, I think see if Mike Tomlin and his offense can use him. Um, but I mean, I, I like this for Pittsburgh too. give Kenny Pickett all the weapons that you can give him to make him a better quarterback in year two. So I like this for Robinson to change the scenery. Maybe it's a different offense that he'll fit in. Um, and it's good for the Steelers and Pickett and everybody. I agree with you on the point where I think that giving him the most weapons, listen, they did it with Jalen Hurts, they did it with Kyler Murray. Well, until DeAndre Hopkins got suspended for steroids. They did it with um, Josh Allen. They did it. They're doing it with Justin Fields this year. <clears throat> if you put weapons around in Baltimore, they will actually be form as passers. Baltimore, um, when you put nothing but hot garbage in front of your quarterback, Baltimore, they will not perform well. Baltimore. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if I'm uh, the subliminal messaging working. So you're and saying that Miles Boykin and Miles Boykin and Willie Sneed are not top tier elite receivers that your quarterback should be built around. They're better off having me and JD out there running routes. <laughs> JD's a big target. I, I just blocked for Lamar. Yeah, JD's a big target. Six four. I could. The problem is the problem is Andrews is taking my role. I'd be the big tight end. Yeah, you'd be the blocking tight end. He's already taking my role. All right. What do you think um, about the the but, Alan Robinson deal? So coming from a guy who thought he got a steal in his draft, drafting uh, Allen Robinson for the Rams, uh, what a disaster of a year. Uh, I thought he'd work there. Clearly he did not. Um, Stafford had his guys and his timing with his guys. And it was like a weird thing where it became a story and then it felt like every once in a while he would just force one, but it was never a good pass to him. It, it was a weird year there. Um, but I like the Allen Robinson thrives with crappy quarterback like – idea there i like that take because he did have i believe christian hackenberg was his quarterback in college so yes the guy thrives with shitty quarterbacks um and i think kenny pickett i don't know if he's going to be shitty but he's definitely not going to be top tier year year two he's not going to be the top end of the league and pittsburgh could use it i I think it's probably a win-win also it's quiet it's stability for a guy who had a bad year, no one has a lot of expectations, I don't think, compared to last year. I, I had expectations last year. I don't now. Um, so I think he, he'll have a quiet, decent year there, and I think it's probably the best thing for Kenny Pickett. I agree with you guys on that. There you go. And last but not least, J.D., I had to bring up the Giants here because uh, Saquon Barkley announced he will not be – he doesn't want to play under the tag. He also is not showing for offseason uh, yeah. workout. And Daniel Jones says he's going to yeah. back him on his decision. Now, yeah. listen, I like Vanilla Vic. I think he's a great quarterback when you put weapons around them. I think he's honestly the third, second best quarterback in our division behind Jalen. I think I trust Vanilla Vic over Dak when it comes to, hey, don't turn the ball over, dickhead. Um, Here's the kicker, though. This year, he was really bad in years prior. But yeah, well, here's the thing. You put on. a good offensive coordinator in front of him, see what fucking happens. Listen, he's Duke-educated. The guy's not a dummy. Um, So here's yeah. my biggest thing about uh, Danny Dimes, Vanilla Vic. I love they gave him a contract because I think you weren't going to get the quarterback you wanted where you're drafted. You weren't going to get it next year. You're too good. So... No. Your best option is either go get a guy yeah. in free agency, which wasn't happening with Lamar or Jimmy G or whoever, Derek Carr or whatever. Go get – because honestly, besides Lamar Jackson, the best option there is Danny Dimes. So, you go get a receiver in the draft, which I think they will yeah. do. But you got to you gotta pay Saquon. I hope JSN pulls you gotta, him. You got to pay Saquon. I'm I- sorry. You – 
Even if it's it, a deal, it felt like it was a part of the plan. Even if it's a deal where you cop out Jones, it felt like. Even if you pay him, like when it's like a cop out, like a two year cop out, like an option at the end of two years, like you kind of word it so like, listen, Saquon, if you stay healthy, we'll continue to pay you exorbitant amounts of money. But if you're not, we we have to opt out because here's the problem with Saquon Barkley. He's had two full healthy, two full healthy seasons his entire career. That's not good. They bookended his career with his two healthy seasons. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And this is why. Yeah, my- it's tough for me because it feels like it should have been a package deal. Like either they both were good, go get them both, or don't get either. And I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird thing. I, I Daniel Jones, I, I like Daniel Jones. I'm actually, weirdly enough, probably lower on Daniel Jones yeah. than you, uh, Jared. Um, I, I I think I'm a little worried. I don't think this is it. And I, I think he's much better, so stick with me on this. Remember Mitch Trubisky when, um, uh, what was their coach? Um, oh, Matt Nagy. Matt, uh, Matt Nagy. First yeah. got there, offensive guy, whatever. Great. Went to the playoffs. What was he a Pro Bowler that year? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he might have been. Like, and first year, like coach, offensive coordinator comes in and all all these cool plays, and it looks great. And then people start to figure it out. Now, talent wise, Daniel Jones way better. I'm not comparing it there, but I'm a little worried that that might be the situation. So I'm not like sold, sold by on Danny Jones year. yet. Uh, yeah, big. We had all one right. big year. Hamstrung on one good year, mm. and but I do understand what you're saying with yeah. the fact that, that what are you going to do if you don't pay? All right. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate obviously for this man sticking through us as long as possible. My man Matt's got to go to pull a double. Um, uh, Matthew, safe hey, travels, we'll my friend. Out. Next time you uh, hear from me, it'll be you, 7 a.m. So I'm pulling a nice 12 hour OT, and then I'll go back in from 7 to 3 30 tomorrow. So uh, I'll be in bed by 6 p.m. tomorrow. That a boy. Get after it, kid. Earn that earn that wedding money. Yeah. All right, man. It's good talking right. to you guys though. All right, buddy. I'll see you Thursday. Right. Good to see you. All right, see you guys. All right, Jay Dizzle, just like old times, baby. That's right. All right, let's ride. All right. Last thing. I want to talk about the whole Danger of Saquon situation. My biggest problem was with Saquon is that he was the more talented running back. But the reason is backup, who just signed a brand new deal with the Carolina Panthers. The only reason his backup didn't get a new deal with his current team was because he had a shit playoff performance. Sanders was shit in the divisional, championship, and uh, I don't know. Actually, no, championship was okay. Divisional, he was ass. Super Bowl, he was ass. But he was healthy. And that's the biggest problem with Saquon. I think if Saquon took an incentive-laden deal, or maybe it was like a health kind of clause, if he stayed healthy, he got X amount of dollars more, I think they can work that out. The problem is, is that when you pay running backs, Todd Gurley, we've seen this before, it's not always the smartest thing for organizations. Very few running backs last through contract two. I hate agreeing with Kevin, but this is the one point he has. Because teams will run, this new running back by committee system works, but it also screws over franchise running backs. Look at Melvin Gordon. Dude's out of the league, basically. He was a top 10 running back two years ago, three years ago. What right. the fuck happened? He was an instant touchdown yeah. on fantasy. So, like, I think with Saquon, the biggest problem, and this is where they're going to run into and they're going to have to work on this, is that they really have to understand they're not going to get a running back as talented as Saquon in the draft. Unless Bijan falls oh, all the I way know. to them in the twenties, which won't happen because Philadelphia will it snag him. There are two division rivals, both want running backs. And and even though I heard that Dallas Bijan doesn't make any fucking sense, but it's a total Dallas move. But also it's Howie, so you know, don't count Philly. There's also Tampa who needs a running back now. They let Lenny go. Honestly, Leonard Fournette to the Cowboys makes way too much sense. I just thought of that off the top of my head. He feels like a cowboy. He does. Like, big power back, only needs about 10, 15 carries mm-hmm. a game, can catch the ball in the backfield, can block. Perfect combo to Tony Pollard. That's a really nasty run back combo. 
Dallas, don't listen to this podcast. Ignore everything I just said. Yep. I don't want it to be good. Yep. Yep. Here's JD. Don't you speak that into existence here. That's <laughs> right. Either no, of us. no. You guys want to bring back Zeke on a contract just as stupid. That's right. That's right. I All think right. he deserved more money. Exactly. I think he deserves more guaranteed money against the cap. Yeah. And I think CD Lamb deserves. I think CD Lamb deserves to be the highest paid receiver in football. Yep. Pay them all. It's yeah. working so well. Pay them all. Totally working amazing. Um, but that's about it. I got for sick. I just think the whole situation is hysterical. Like the giant dude, it's so tough because it's like, yes, the number one thing. Like you shouldn't pay running backs, then especially ones who haven't been healthy. But when he is healthy, he's. I think the best running back in the league. I think if if not, not number top one, he's top, he's, sure. he's, like, he's top three, top five max. Like there's no there's no discussion. Right, he's right. That good. And and I don't know if there's anyone like Christian McCaffrey's probably the only one who's close with like straight electricity. Um, plus, like he's like a leader in that locker room. Like he has built the Giants. Like he he has been the dude. Yeah. He's a great locker room guy. I get from his perspective why you're, he's not wanting to do. Um, do the um, franchise tag because for the Giants, the franchise tags work, work perfect. Give me another year healthy and also another year we don't have to pay you. You can take one off of the, the you know, whatever that deal is. Yep. And we don't have to pay you max, max money and prove it two years in a row to make us feel comfortable about it. And I get why he's not doing it from a leverage perspective. I, it's probably the most leverage he's going to have. So, it's an incredibly tough situation. This guy was a Saquon Barkley jersey. Loves Saquon Barkley. I'm not sure paying him is the right move. My heart says pay him, but my mind says I don't know if that's it. Um, the Giants are in a weird place right now. They're like you said, they're just good enough. So it's like you can't they're go like, to the quarterback. They're that and first do you round pay playoff. Saquon and go all in. Yeah. Right. They're not like I don't think they're go all in yet either. They need a so fucking it, receiver. It's tough that's to pay problem. Saquon. Yeah, yeah, they really need JSN. I'd they need a receiver, there, but... and they need they need another corner to go with the Dory Jackson. Um, I yeah. I know they got that guy, the Lions. Even though our boy Maserati is trying to tell me that he's like a, the next James Bradbury. I'm like, stop! You guys hit hit lightning in a barrel. T- got the big tight end. Yeah, you guys hit lightning in a barrel. One. That, that'll be fun. Yeah, I think but, you guys would be good. I think you guys honestly we'll are the second see. best team in this division. My biggest yeah. problem with Dallas, they didn't solve. Yeah. I like Dexter Lawrence. Oh my god, too, I love Sexy nice. Dexy. Him on tape is just as a guy who was a pass rusher I, in high school. I love watching Sexy Dexy live. Like his shit is Dude. his footwork, his hand movement, everything's great. We do have a positive way to end the show, though, JD. Damar yeah, Hamlin is now free to resume resume full activity and contact. Nice. Three months after having a cardiac arrest, allegedly. Um, nice. I am very happy for Demar Hamlin, regardless of how I feel about how the NFL and the CDC and everyone else kind of made that feel a little weird when he got hurt. Everything was a little quiet. I am very happy he's yeah, going weird. to come back and play. He's a very talented young safety. Um, yeah, good for him. Yeah, awesome. Great way to end the show. I really feel I'm happy yeah. to hear. And he's, he's back with Buffalo, right? Like he's not- yeah, he's I think he's got one or two more years left on this deal. They were talking, I remember two, three, like this dude's career is over. It's like I mean, if he makes a speed he was recovery. A pit kid, right? He went to pit. Yeah, tough bad. He, yeah, he saw he think he's North Pittsburgh. Okay. Him and yeah, Miles Sanders apparently awesome. are like best friends. Like they're from the same area. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. Which listen, like everyone by the way, for anyone who doesn't get this. Miles Sanders will always be one of my favorite Eagles of all time. I just understood what Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni understood. This kid cannot play in the big game. Because I bashed him a couple times the last couple weeks, and I want to clarify something. I love Miles Sanders. I wish nothing but the best. I hope he runs for almost 1,800 yards with the fucking Panthers next year. Here's my one issue with him. He cannot, he's not clutch. That's the one thing Saquon has on him besides explosive speed and size. Like, Miles Sanders so far has had a better career stats-wise than Saquon. Because Saquon can't stay fucking healthy. Miles has been consistently healthy for most of his career. Here's the problem. Miles cannot deliver in clutch games. Those Chiefs confused the hell out of him, and he could not find the hole. Where if 
the Eagles put in a guy like Bijan Robinson, who basically had a Swiss cheese O line in Texas, and the dude still ran for like 1,500 yards in 12 games? I don't know. Kenny Gainwell ran for 110 yards against the vaunted Giants and 49ers defenses. So did Boston Scott. Like, listen, Miles, like, I'm not. Giant killer, Boston Scott. Giant killer. He, listen, back from the year in Philly, baby. That's how we do. Um, I hate him so much. I know you do. Uh, you're like every every Giants fan I know goes. There's Such like team. a random person to hate, <laughs> but it's like the dude literally has like 12 career touchdowns against the Giants. I don't know what it, I don't know what it what what happened to him. I don't know if he got mugged when he was in New York and he swore to avenge. He himself. hates the state I, of New Jersey. Know, That's what it is. He hates the state. He of New hates Jersey. it. He hates it. All right, but I love hearing Demar Hamlin's coming back. Um, very talented young safety. I really hope he has a great rest of his career. I really hope we can put this whole thing behind us, man. I really hope he can put this behind just yeah. be a great NFL safety. Yeah. And like well, it's like a little knock on his resume. Almost year. died on the football field. And it'd be impressive if he came back and had a good year. Like if he yeah. came out and, and was a real real competitor and, and contributor to that defense. So that would oh, I'm rooting for that. Brian, for sure. I want to ask you before we go. Do you buy any of these fucking Stefan Diggs rumors? Um, no, not particularly. I don't either. I think he's staying in Buffalo. I think they do this every fucking year. Somebody tries to gas it up. Yeah. They try to play on the fact that Diggs is like a diva receiver. He did. He, at the end of the year, he did. He did seem to have some issues with Josh Allen stuff. But yeah, but I mean, like, I, I don't know. I I don't know where he thinks he's gonna go. Where he's gonna get a better situation? Be the number yeah. one guy on a really good yeah. team with a Everyone's really like, good quarterback. Okay. I, I don't. Let's let's do the math, right? Let's say okay. Let's say there's there's six top tier quarterbacks. Six, right? We have Pat, Jalen, Joe, Josh, Justin. Um, am I missing? I'm missing one more, and it's killing me right now. Oh, Aaron. Aaron Rodgers went healthy, still a top tier quarterback when throwing the football. Besides Sean that, Watson. Uh, <laughs> just listen, listen, NFL Bill Cosby needs I'm to prove with you. That's a different <laughs> Listen, right. Mr. Cosby needs to prove he can stop, put down the put his pudding pop and hey, actually talk football. about surrounding the right guys. Though they went out and they they put some talent around. They him. did. They, they listen. I love the Elijah really, Moore play. I like, I like what the, I really like what the Browns have done this offseason, To be honest, I think the Browns. I think I think it's still Cincinnati's division to lose, but I think the Browns will be right there behind them. I think Baltimore is going to. Be, the NFC North might be the best division in football this year again because it is going to be just a dogfight. Based up if, if Lamar comes back. If Lamar comes back. If, if Lamar not, comes back, Baltimore is going to be a 5-12 and 12 team. Baltimore is going to be 500. Pittsburgh is going to be 500. I think it'll be the no, Browns. Pittsburgh's I think, I think be, that division runs through Ohio. I have a rough, I have a rough realization for Pittsburgh. They're going to be like a six-win team this year. Because I think I they're going to realize this year Kenny Pickett. They always you know, find your way to be better. Than yeah, supposed to be I think off. Mike Tomlin's bit the. De- I think Mike Tomlin's going to sit there and be like, he's going to Kenny Pickett. Go, this bitch is the one that's going to kill my record. They, yeah, I'm not. Over- I'm not a Kenny Pickett. I'm not either. I, I, as I, you know, Miami guy, right? I got to watch Pickett full five years in a row, and every yeah. year we lost or beat him. We beat him until his last final two years of the pit or three. Why we beat him? Chaos in the pocket and just physical athletic corners. That's how you beat him. You you basically his arm make, just doesn't do anything for me either. It's, not, it's an, I don't think it's, he's got an elite arm. It it's looks, so average. You know everything about him is just so average. He's a mobile Colt. He's a super mobile Colt McCoy. That's what he reminds me of. Yeah, a little bigger for sure. A little bigger, a little more athletic, a little faster, but like same arm, same accuracy, same yeah, decision making. I could see he's that. A, I could see a that. In a couple years, McCoy. he ends up being a. Uh, league backup. I can see that. I think, yeah, like, I, I seriously think that's like the perfect combo for him is he is a, he's Colt McCoy, which is fine. He's going to yeah, be playing, he's going to be a back of the NFL for fucking 15 years. Just, he's not a starter. Um, I think Pittsburgh should have just signed, like, just should have had Mitch run it for one year. They should have drafted O-Lyman last year. Said, fuck this first round quarterback shit. They draft Pickens. They let him kind of work. They could have tanked. And listen, you go get Will Levis or Anthony Richardson in the teens this year. Now you got your franchise. But Pittsburgh can't stand losing, and it's gonna it's gonna handicap the franchise. They they reached. They tried to get that guy last year, and they reached for him. I think. Yeah, it wasn't gonna work. But ladies and gentlemen, 
that about wraps up for our show today. Shout out to the boy JD Davis for making his corner booth return. Now, if we can get him out of retirement, fifty, my friend. Yeah, thank you, sir. Now, if we can get this guy out of retirement, occasionally, be great. Um, I know he's enjoying his free time. I, I, I could see some occasion. There you go. Thursday shows are I always open see for you, some pal. Occasional football season stuff for sure. Thursday for shows sure. are always open for, for you, sure. baby girl. Don't worry. Um, I hope the man, my man has been re- resurrecting a house for the past couple of months. I hope everything's going well over there. Um, no, I did do that, and I am now moved out of that place. A whole different story. I'm oh, that, that, that's <laughs> a post credit scene right there. Um, but that's right. Shout out to our, our amazing sponsors, DraftKings, official sponsor of the Corner Booth Podcast. Use the promo link on Belly Sports website to get five dollars. You bet five, you get a hundred. It's not that hard to figure out for new customers. Uh, shout out to, of course, uh, YeetsOfficial.com, promo code Corner Booth for 10% off. Our longest running sponsor. Listen, amazing device like this. You can't knock it. Uh, Candidips, the, the sole pair. reason my dip addiction still lingers is Candidips. Um, their mint and spearmint tastes like Copenhagen. They have amazing flavors. It is the only reason I probably haven't gone back to dip with my new job that I've had. It's super stressful. Thank God I get paid more money, but fuck. Um, shout out to my boss, Mike, if he's listening. <laughs> um, I have, yeah, both my bosses are named Mike, by the way. JD, I want you to let that sink in. Nice. Uh, yeah. Up Mike and Delgado Stone Mike. But, um, oh. But you know what, Candid- listen, Candidips, amazing company. Five days will get to you from California to freaking Connecticut. Probably four to you Ohio fucks. Um, amazing company, amazing flavors. CBD dip is great because, you know, it's a nice alternative to dipping. Because, listen, I-, I know that shit can get nasty. You can rot your teeth. It's a great way to roll with it. They also have ones that don't have CBD and just terrapins, which is, you know, like black little black pepper here. Nice natural ingredients. All of it's good stuff. Also, come on, Dallas Braden's company. And last but not least, SeatGeek, newest official sponsor of the Corner Booth and Belly of Sports. Uh, promo code Belly Up, I believe, for $20 off your first ticket purchase. And Mauler Bros, 15% off your next purchase to look stylish in your golf apparel. We will see you guys Thursday for the Corner Booth pregame. Um, enjoy yourselves. Do not drink and drive, as I always say. And, folks, enjoy your week. Peace. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly of Podcast Network.